folks, this is Pastor Justin Dean with the Sacred City Life Podcast, a podcast about following Jesus in the normal rhythms of life. And tonight, Friday night, it is almost 9 p.m. It's almost bedtime for probably both of us here. Mm-hmm. But I am with Pastor Dusty White, uh, pastor of marriage, family, and pastoral care. That's a long title. Uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, at Cormdale Church, a uh, sister church of ours. Actually, probably, a, let's just call it a mama church, right? Yeah, mama. Because you guys sent us out. Um, he's He is a father of six children. Six children. Sounds like a lot when you say it like that. He's a grower of an epic beard. <sighs> and he is also the chaplain for the Omaha Police Department. Mm-hmm. Cool? Yeah. Chaplain? Um, and so tonight we're going to be talking with Dusty about how he does all of that. Let's just say he's also, you're, you're a missional community leader, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, you've got an outstanding wife. We've had her in here. Yeah. She's amazing. That's the only reason I'm here. All right. She's better than me. That's true. It's true. And uh, and so we want to know from Dusty kind of how he does it all. Um, how does he manage like all of his commitments and like what are some healthy rhythms for us who are trying to integrate our faith into our life and then live out kind of a, Jesus-centered worldview and have a Jesus-centered schedule with the pressing demands of our jobs, of our family, of our kids' schedule, right? Uh, and then the church, like leading a mission of community, serving the church in some ways, attending church. Um, and we don't want to burn out. No. And we don't want to bail on the mission of God either. Nope. And that's kind of the options. It seems like yep. that's the options these days. Yep. Either all in and you burn out, all out and you burn out for Jesus or you're all out and you live for your kids and you live for the wife and the kids and, and, and the job, mm-hmm. right? Or uh, the latter. Yeah. So, I, But I think there's a different way. Ho- hopefully there's a different way. And um, I, I don't know how why it is, but it seems like both guests that we've had so far uh, in the Sacred City Life podcast have both been sick. Hmm. And so we just welcome it. Just, yeah. Just I guess it. that's you got to have a prereq yeah. to be sick. That's it so far. But before we get into our like topic for the night or whatever, our conversation, and this is going to flow however we want it to flow, Dusty, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, grew up um, with my grandparents. Parents divorced at two. I was the only child. So, um, six, if you would have asked me at 15, 16, 17, if, how many kids you're going to have, I would have said, uh, I don't know what that means. Um, so, grew up with my grandparents. Parents divorced when I was two became a Christian through the missional influence of my neighbors, um, which is a really cool story. They had five kids. I fell in between age-wise. I fell in between their two youngest. And so they're, um, to this day, um, just really good friends of mine um, and have been really faithful to me. And so um, that doesn't mean my family's been discarded. Um, They're still in Omaha, still interact with them. Um, But my interactions with my biological family look a lot different probably than my interactions with my church family. Um, just because I have more commonality with church family, uh, than I do in my biological family, but indebted to both for various reasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, became a Christian, uh, my sophomore summer of my sophomore year of high school. And then from there had two different pastors influencing me and pushing me towards ministry just cause they saw leadership potential, which freaked me out. Cause I had never thought about tomorrow at all. And they were saying, hey, ministry, ministry, ministry. And I was saying, what's the Bible? What's the Bible? What's the Bible? Mm. But Jesus has changed my life. And so, yeah, and, and then the rest is uh, history. So the last 20 years I've been a Christian. And how long have you been married? <clears throat> married 17. Married 17. How long have you been in ministry? 16. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, And um, two things. First, tell us a little bit about your wife. Yep. Wife, opposite story of me. Grew up in a small rural town in Montana, going to church all the time. Um, parents were really faithful of that. Dad's an elder. Um, uh, had an older brother. <clears throat> Excuse me. Had an older brother. Grew up in rural Montana. Grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. We met and got married in Minnesota. Uh, went to school there. So, um, yeah. So, um, she had always kind of thought that she would marry somebody in ministry. She didn't really have a good look good reason for that Mm. she just kind of thought that was probably going to be the case so here we are and she's kind of been going through a struggle herself right the Mm -hmm. past year or so right what's going on with that yeah my wife's um been sick 
with a bacterial pneumonia, which is normal. Like if you and I get bacterial pneumonia, we get rid of it. Sometimes we don't even know it's bacterial. Um, through that, discovered that she has thyroid cancer. So last Wednesday, that was removed. Um, so that was crazy. Uh, is we, it just in one spot? Yeah, just contained to the thyroid. So thyroid cancer surgery, uh, and that was a week ago, uh, nine days ago. So yeah, so now we're recovering from that, uh, remodeling our house, doing some things. Oh, timing, so, timing. So how is she feeling? Me. She's doing pretty great, honestly. She's recovered well, um, and uh, you're supposed to get a lot of rest. Um, but you also have six kids running around. Mm -hmm. So um, that's been, rest is an interesting thing. So I was at your 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 house before this. Is that right? You, did you get a new house? Yeah. New or older yeah. house or whatever? Yeah, bought a new, bought an old farmhouse in the middle of town. Really? That we're renovating. Yep. Cool. Because you guys were like stacked on top of each other. Yeah. In three kids in each room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was crazy. But you were living for Jesus in the city for the city, bro. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. I drive past that house and go, "How did we fit in there?" But that's first world problems, right? And you had all that, and you still had like all these church planners over to have cigars one night. I still remember. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. That's right. Your wife's being hospitable. And yeah. You're opening your. Oh, you weren't even there. I think this was when you were on sabbatical. Maybe was that right? Yep. And the yep. and the staff used yeah. your house. <laughs> they were using my house because it was like half a mile from the office. Yeah. So yeah. So you right. got an old farmhouse now, and then and. Uh, you're just, what are you doing? Are you, is it a full gut or what are you doing? <coughs> Excuse me. Bad cough. Never had a cough. Had a cough the last two weeks. Um, yeah, we're remodeling the whole main floor. So kitchen, bathrooms, but turning two bedrooms into one, that whole thing. So a little over ambitious, yeah. um, but in six days we've done a ton. Did you um, hire a contact contractor? Uh, I hired opinions uh, <laughs> and then uh, did a lot of the work myself because I'm in ministry. So a lot of tons of friends though, man, like church folks mm -hmm. showing up um that have skills like skilled craftsmen volunteering their time volunteering their talent some people pitching in even with treasure which has been amazing yeah we've been super blessed so i saw um, on instagram you guys were throwing in a, it looked like a french door or something yeah, like that we put a french door in where there was a window um so you know just cut a hole in the side of your house in the middle of march uh it's yeah. a good idea or the beginning yeah. of march i did it last week for for ben my assistant so i mm -hmm. cut one out put a, put a french door in for him um, if they want to find you on Instagram and, and see if you're legit or not, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your, what's your Just handle? Dusty there? white, dusty white and at the dusty white on Twitter at the dusty white. It does similar kind of sound like, you know, WWE character, I think. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. So we could wrestle later, but I think you're better at that. Part. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I am all for it, man. Yeah. I'm all for it. I don't get enough of that these days. And so tell us a little bit about your role at, at Cormdale. Mm -hmm. Oversee marriage and family, uh, which means anything zero to 18. So all of our Corndale kids stuff runs through my leadership, and then I represent the elders to that particular division. How many kids do you guys have these days? Uh, we count kids. Uh, let's say we count children <laughs> eight and younger. Um, so we, we've been averaging about 230 on a Sunday. Um, Dude. Yeah, it's insane. And that requires a ton of volunteers. And our church just yeah. carries it. So we have seventy-five on a Sunday, and we have two buildings for it. And we still, you know, we're we're doing it. But mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. How so, many how, how many volunteers a week is that? Honestly, we could use more volunteers. Right now, we have uh, forty-nine volunteers a week. We actually, if we had fifty-five, <laughs> listen to this shameless plug, right? We're all Cormdale folks. Uh, if we had 55, we could open up two more rooms for more more people because we're starting to turn parents away. Like it's kind of like I gotta hurry up and get there to get my kid into Cornbell Kids, um, or they're in, they're in the service with me or in the hallway with me. And so, so you you have to turn people away and say, yeah, well, the, we the try room not is full. to. We try not to, but yeah, because yeah, of ratios and right, rules fire marshal and, bill. Mm -hmm. You never know when he's gonna come in. So, okay, cool. So you're handling all the kids. You're basically overseeing all the kids' stuff. Mm -hmm. What else? And marriage. So reactive marriage care, proactive marriage care, and just helping couples um, on marriage. So, so how much marriage counseling How much marriage counseling do you do a, a mm, week? Uh, only a few a week myself. And then I, um, if people need professional counseling, then I'm kind of the triage for that. Um, but I, I meet with a handful of couples kind of on a monthly rotation, JC and I do together. Um, and then reactive marriage care too. So it looks a little bit different if you're a member of Cormdale Church versus if we just barely know you, those kinds of things. So um, 
but we do that. <clears throat> and then I also give leadership to our youth gospel communities. So middle school, high school, those things, they're all led by volunteers um, and quality, quality leaders, um, but give oversight. And so one thing that I am wanting to do here at Sacred City and I've been praying about is start a catechism class for mm-hmm. like the nine to 11 year yep. olds. Yep. And, and so do you guys do something like mm-hmm. that? Yep. We do new city catechism for nine to 11. However, some, <coughs> excuse me, pardon me. The new city catechism, some of the articles in there are a little bit Heady. steep for nine, mm-hmm. 10, 11 year olds. Um, so we have our volunteers, um, not dumb that down, but tweak it. Mm-hmm. Um, to make sure. But the key here is for us, 9, 10, 11 year olds are so pliable to memorization that we want to catechize them right. now. And even if it feels robotic, which is a bad word, it feels a little religious. It's another mm-hmm. R word. We believe that at 17, 18, when they're making big decisions, that they'll just, they'll draw on that material. Absolutely. So my kid has been in a classical Christian school uh, since like first grade and they started the catechism there. And it's called the Morning Star Catechism. Basically, it's a Westminster shorter with mm-hmm. NIV language. And he's got like 100, uh, 100 catechism questions with the scriptures memorized to song. And it's just like, dude, it's gold. And we're using that same thing here. Um, but we want to get something a little more focused with some mm-hmm. teaching that goes along with yep. it. You know, because he's yep. got it up there. He can repeat it. Mm-hmm. But it's more like repeating it like a parrot would repeat it, right? Yep. He can sing it. Yep. But like I, like you said, hopefully this is... Uh, getting filed away somewhere mm-hmm. that when he actually needs it, he can, he can pull it out. Yeah. So, and he will need it and he will pull it out. Yeah. So it doesn't matter right now. What I try to tell parents is it doesn't matter right now that it feels like parrot, yeah. especially if you grew up in religion, mm. we can tend to avoid that because we don't want religion. We right. think religion is dead and all of that memorization feels like religious. Mm. Yeah. But when he's making big decisions and asking big questions, he'll draw on those truths that are in him. And he'll be asking questions about the truth that is in him mm. rather than just whatever the world's telling him, the culture's telling him. Right. That's great. Okay. So is that, is that it then? So you've got, you're overseeing all the kids, you're overseeing marriage care and then just and then counseling in of, general. Yeah. Reactive pastoral care. Um, just involved with that. But all of our pastors honestly are involved with that. So what's unique about Cormdeo is all of our pastors are involved with pastoral care. Um, if it's marriage related or family related, it, I might see more of that, mm-hmm. um, but every single pastor is engaged in pastoral care to some point. And how much of your pastoral care happens in your gospel communities? Um, quite a bit, honestly. Um, a lot of things bubble up from gospel communities or missional communities. Um, <clears throat> so we believe that, um, man, sometimes it's just hard to pull up a conversation and host people and have a meal and have 20 kids in my house and yada, 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 right? So we don't want to burden our gospel community leaders with that. But at the same time, the first line of defense or the front line of ministry is always in your gospel community. Mm. And we want to come alongside those leaders to help as necessary. But I find that a ton of the things that people are facing can happen within a gospel community. So lots of things that bubble to the surface in my marriage or whatever. I don't need to go find a pastor or a professional for that. I can share that with my friendship right here in this gospel community. Yeah. And I can be vulnerable here to establish friendship with whatever struggles I'm finding, and the Lord might meet me in it. Absolutely. So the priesthood of all believers, mm-hmm. everybody's gifted for member, or every member, every member ministry, everyone's gifted. There's some gifted counselors, mm-hmm. people that know the gospel. You can, not, you can handle probably 80% of mm-hmm. all counseling cases in a missional community. Right. So you stepped into something that I know somebody on, on Facebook asked already, and that is if you've got this missional community, and God's blessed it with with numerical growth. And let's say you've got five, six babies in mm-hmm. there. How do you navigate like wanting to maybe provide some counseling? Maybe maybe a mom is really struggling, right? And so she mm-hmm. she needs some care in that group. And yet she's got you know there's five babies and bouncing on mm-hmm. knees and it's a little chaotic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What do you guys do? I mean, what do you guys do to navigate that? <clears throat> I would do that separate. So. This is where you'd feel like, oh, mm, I don't have the time for separate. I mean, we're already doing this thing on Tuesday night. How would I ever do this? So time out. So you you would say, let's keep the babies in there and let's let this just, I mean, that that's just how it's going to roll. Maybe. I don't know. It could be a unique season to say this particular gospel community is going through an incredible life stage at this point where we're having all these babies together, which is amazing and unique and generous to the of the Lord to give us all these babies, right? There's other people in that gospel community or missional community, rather, 
that perhaps can't even have children, right? right? So maybe we should be having that conversation. Maybe we should be engaging things that we're unaware of. But yeah, I would say there's some folks in your in your missional community that are ripe for pastoral care right now. Maybe we can do that, but let's let's be real. With six crying babies, having a decent conversation, having a meal together, that's community. And then the three of us, we need to get together on Thursday morning or whatever and mm-hmm. have a deeper conversation. Yeah. But we always need to be bringing that back to the group too. Right. <clears throat> so uh, we, in episode one, we kind of talked about like our culture idolizes uh, personal peace and affluence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is like from Francis Schaeffer. Mm-hmm. And therefore, our schedules are oftentimes more shaped by the pursuit of these idols mm-hmm. than they are by the pursuit of God, right? If I want to be affluent above all things and I want personal peace above all things, I'm not coming to some missional community with a bunch of crying babies, right? That's, right. That stresses yeah. me out. Yeah. And I'm not giving up another night of my week because I could be working. I could be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my kids resting. could be yeah. resting. I could be doing all these other things, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're wanting to talk about is obviously following Jesus is going to cut across that grain, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to go against the current that our culture is, is pushing us. And it should, it should impact our schedule in some way as we become passionate about his mission, right? And not just... Mm-hmm. our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think, big picture real quick, just just quickly before we get into a lot of questions, how do you think a Christian schedule should differ mm. from a, a normal, you know, a, a, a non-believer, mm-hmm. uh, just an average person that, that doesn't really, not really interested in, in following Jesus? So first thing I would say is number one, it, <coughs> excuse me, number one is glorifying the Lord primary in your life because if so then all my schedule filters through that and then number two have you ever thought missionally about your schedule meaning if you live counterculturally with your schedule which would be parentheses protecting sundays going to church being in community rich community gospel community missional community that that also is missional in other words my neighbors see Right now, so we're remodeling this house. We got volunteers coming over. Guess where those people are coming from? The church. Guess who else is coming? My two neighbors. Both are not going to church. Both are de-churched, but they're coming over as well. Do you think they're coming over because of electricity that I need to hook up and wire new can lights? I don't think so. I think they're coming over because they're intrigued with these people banding together and they're intrigued by how we do life, how we do rest, how we protect Sundays, mm. how we do technology, all these things. So anyway, I think how you filter your schedule is also missional, right? But that comes because I want to glorify the Lord. So certain things get shoved to the side because Jesus dictates my schedule, mm. right? He doesn't dictate it. He provides it. Yeah. It's God's time anyway. Yeah. And so I need to steward all of that first. And then everything else filters through there. So... Give me some good. more examples. Though. Yeah, that sounds great. So, so let's just say Acts chapter two, right? The the <clears throat> first Acts, the Spirit drops right at Pentecost. It moves into the people. People go out. The church is birthed. Immediately, you see these people start banding together in what they call the church, like meeting in homes. Mm-hmm. The Lord's adding to their number daily, so they're they're mm-hmm. meeting daily to pray and to read the Word, and to, they're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, and they're eating together, and they're celebrating mm-hmm. the sacraments. And so we see their schedule radically change. Like all of these people weren't in full-time ministry, right? No way. So, so they're working, yeah. they've got kids, mm-hmm. but somehow their life is being reorganized mm-hmm. around this thing called the body of Christ, the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and now here we are 2000, whatever years later, and we've got the ubiquitous influence. That's a big word. Did you mm-hmm. like that one? I, I did. It I took did. me a while to say it. It wasn't in Acts 2, but I like it. I, I read it a lot, but then I don't get a chance <laughs> to say it very often. Often, so yeah. Uh, this the ubiquitous nature of technology is just everywhere mm-hmm. now, and so we're kind of spread thin. Like we thought it was going to find give us freedom, mm-hmm. right? But realize we realize that when the boss gives us a cell phone to take home, all he's mm-hmm. doing is basically putting a leash around our neck, mm-hmm. saying, "I want to get a hold of you whenever, mm-hmm. right? Answer my phone call." Right. Yeah. And so, and then not only that, we've had the rise and the professionalization of kids sports. Mm-hmm. So growing up, you know, you used to have practice one night a week and then a game on the weekend. Right. 
Not now. And now, now you practice every night. You practice every night. On the weekend. Yeah. And, and if you, you got, win, you and, got it more. Yeah. You got like a tournament mm-hmm. and like, and if you, and it's so weird because like Christian parents feel guilty about even going to church because they're like, well, my kids will let the team down. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And you've got this whole, and it seems like actually, I was thinking about this. It seems like these uh, coaches, they're understanding discipleship. Dude, totally. And you know what? Some of the youth baseball coaches in our city, and I don't know what it's like here, but in Omaha, baseball is the thing. Yeah. And some of those dudes are getting paid. You guys got the World Series, College World Series. Some of those dudes are getting paid. Like, really? Some of those select baseball coaches are coaching 11, 12 year olds. They're quitting their jobs because some dude is, is funding coach my kid yeah and i love the line of like your kid's got talent mm-hmm. yeah like, like yeah. he, he he's might gonna go i think well. he's gonna go he's, he's gonna yeah go well. i think he's d1 scholarship <laughs> you tell a parent that who's like thinking about like how they're gonna pay Who for on college the B team in baseball yeah and, and thinking about how am i gonna pay for college right and like this kid's got talent yeah and so sure. then, then sunday morning you know, yeah what's the big deal about a couple sunday mornings seven eight weeks ten weeks whatever mm-hmm. the whole baseball season yeah you know and if we win on Saturday, we got to play in the championship game on Sunday. I mean, don't lose, but uh, what about church? Yeah, exactly. And so that we never even have the conversation anymore because I remember my mom growing up just straight up, we don't play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, we, right. don't, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have to go have the conversation like, Coach, we don't pray, play on Sunday because we have church. Or, or Wednesday night even. Like, we don't play on Wednesday night because we, we have church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we live in a different, a, a more secularized culture that has to worship something and we choose to worship the family and we choose to work, worship sports and we choose to worship the talent of our kids or the, the potential of our kids. And so, you know. And uh, also the perception of all these other people. Yeah. If all these other people are doing it, well, what's holding me back? Well, I can perform. I can show up. I can do the thing. Yeah. And so it's so interesting because if you talk about worship, worship is where your time goes, your talent goes, your treasure goes, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like my son got invited to be on one of these soccer teams and the sign-up cost was 350 bucks. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's Crazy. more than your bike costs. Like yeah. 350 bucks and then you, the journey and then the hotel or yeah. the jersey and the hotels. Yeah. And, and all. so then you're going to be all your time. You're going miss, to be missing Sundays. And it's just like, it's clear discipleship. Mm-hmm. Like if you want a person to love something, you've got to get, get them yeah, passionate invest, about it. Invest. Right? You got to promise them some awesome future. Right. And then you got to get them financially invest, time invest, talent invest. And it's kind of like discipleship <coughs> towards the idolatry of my, my future success rather than discipleship towards the worship of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Because on Sunday it takes your time. It takes your thought, takes your intellectual ability, takes your heart, your worship, takes your money. You know, you, you, you tithe, you give. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like baseball is kind of doing a better job, maybe ba- doing a better job at discipling our kids mm-hmm. towards something than, I don't want to blame it on the church. I don't, I don't Let know. Let me tell you why. Because okay. they demand it. Yeah. They say, look, you're going to play for this team. This is what it looks like to be playing for the Raptors or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. they pick your name, you get your name on the bag, blah, blah, blah. You didn't have your name or number on the embroidered on the back of your jersey when I was a kid until no. you were in high school. Right? Dude, and yeah. then it was like a big deal. But now it's like, oh, pony up, pony up, pony up. Here's what it looks like to be the the lizards or whoever, yeah. right? And we, like, the, the vision and the call is clear and it's precise and it's demanding. Yeah. And parents, especially dads, will do that. They'll bite that carrot. It's crazy how you set the standard high for baseball mm-hmm. and we're willing to meet it. And then sometimes if you set the standard high for discipleship to Christ, you know, like, well, I don't want to demand too much. That's pushing. We want to push away from that. that they're asking too much of me. And so if you have a more consumeristic bent, you'll just go to a church that you can just show up on Sunday and, mm-hmm. and feel or yeah, Saturday night. Sure. If you got games on Sunday and you feel pretty good about yourself. <coughs> what if you did this? What if, um, what if the mature Christians in our churches started coaching baseball and then they started not having games on Sundays? Yeah. So here's what, here's what uh, Bob, Pastor Bob and I have done the last handful of years. This is our first year not doing it, but in a long time, probably a handful of years. But what we did was we said, hey, we're going to coach the two of us. We're going to coach these boys. We're going to treat them like men. One of our goals is going to be character. We're not going to proselytize the gospel. We're just going to treat them like men. And oh, also we're not playing on Sundays. So when we set the schedule, our we're, our team's just not playing on Sunday. So then you go to the meeting with all these other coaches in the city, you know, like 50 guys gather in the room and you're 
making your team schedule and you're planning out the next mm. handful of months. Okay, so the reason I'm the reason I'm suggesting that is that's number one, it's missional to say, hey, we're actually gonna protect Sundays. We're not gonna say like, oh well we 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 are pastors and so we work on Sundays. We didn't say it like that. We just said we're protecting Sundays. Um your family needs rest. Mm. So let's just look at it that way. I don't know where you're at with faith and all these other things, but here's what we're going to do. And then when we are there, we're going to show up. We're going to work hard. We're going to treat your your 13-year-old boy like a man, mm. and we're going to push him to be a man. And all of that comes through gospel nature yeah. and culture. That's great. So let's get into some practical questions here. How do you balance <coughs> all of this mm-hmm. that you're doing? You're talking about coaching kids baseball. Mm-hmm. You're talking about being a missional community leader, being a pastor, being a chaplain for Omaha, mm-hmm. uh, police department. Um, your husband, obviously dad to five, six, mm-hmm. dad to six. And h- how do you balance that? Like, what does yeah. that really look like? Spe- specifically when your kid, if he does have a game on mm-hmm. Sunday or a game on Tuesday yeah, yeah. night, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I don't want to be a legalist and say no games on Tuesdays, our gospel or missional community night and no games on Sundays ever. That would be religion. Okay. So I want to be crazy and legalistic, but I do want to say, Hey, if our goal, if my goal, if my number one goal is a dad, okay, not, not pastor hat, no other hat other than dad is I want my son to love Jesus. And I got a handful of years to try to invest that. I got to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil says scripture, right? So I gotta, I gotta make, I gotta set his priorities for him. And so even if he's mad at me, for saying, hey, you're going to miss this game or you're going to miss that practice. Um, that's okay in the long run because I think later on he's going to say, hey, thanks for being consistent. Thanks for being faithful. I didn't agree, but I heard that sermon and I heard that truth and I heard that profession of faith and I heard that catechism question. And so that stuff's in me when I'm asking deep questions. He's not going to process it that way, but you're, you're setting your kid up to follow Jesus if you can make the most of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying you can't bend here and there for a practice or a game. Let's not be legalist, but let's be realistic. Our number one goal as parents is to figure out how to help our kids walk with Jesus. And we need the gospel and the spirit to bring all of that conviction. But my job is to present my kid to Christ and I want to lay on the pillow every night and at the end of the day and when I'm 65 going, man, wherever my kids are at with Jesus, I at least gave it my all. Mm-hmm. Caveat, some Christians are only living for their kids. And family idolatry is one of the things we also don't talk about. That's yeah. a different conversation. Yeah, we, well, we talk about it. <clears throat> yeah. we, we've been working through First Peter, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we, we talk a lot about Many pastors have lied to their congregation and said your priority should be God, mm-hmm. uh, family, work, everything at church, or God, family, God, family, church, work. And in scripture, you see God, God's family, mm-hmm. your family, right? God's family, that's church. That's up there. Like Jesus, yep. who are my brothers? Who are my mother? Right? right? Yep. Like Jesus says that. Yep. And you see it in the, in the New Testament as the New Testament, the church plays out. That a person, the, a person's uh, blood family takes a back seat to the family of to mm-hmm. a family of God yep. to the mission of God. Like uh, the cross, the blood of Christ is thicker than the blood of family, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so I, I agree wholehearted. So let's. I want to drill down in this a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Go. So how? What happens? When you've got, I mean, what does the schedule look like? So yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. got, you got to practice. Yep. Let's just say we got practice Monday night. We got, we got mission community Tuesday night. We got practice Wednesday night. Uh, I'm hoping to do a date night on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and, uh, and then we got a MC training or some kind of leadership yeah, yeah. thing on yep. Sunday night. You know, what, a, how many mm-hmm. nights a week should we be out? Yep. So first of all, <clears throat> let's talk, let's talk practically in a second. Let's talk first about. Are you reacting to all of these commitments and why? Or are you or or are you telling your time where to go in a proactive way? Meaning, here's the target goal, here's the vision, and these things are non-negotiable. And everything else that's non-negotiable falls by the wayside. Mm. 
okay, so let's say they're all good things. Let's say we just had, we had that conversation and yes, all these things need to happen. Okay. Well, balance is an illusion then because now I'm in a season of life where I, yeah, it's a little bit more intense. Okay. It's a little bit more intense. The waves are up, things are high, but it's not always going to be this way. So that's okay. Okay, but we I got to have a conversation either with my wife or my elders or whatever to go, okay, it's not always going to be this way, but um, here's what it looks like for the next six weeks. We can do that. Um, here's what I do with all the things that you talk about. And some guys that I work with go way harder than me, right? So when it comes to even like being here right now, I'm like, okay, number one, thanks for the ask. The first question I'm asking is, where does this fit? Does it fit? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think it does fit. I take that to the elders. Any outside ministry gets approved by the elders. Yeah, yeah. Every time I talk to Bob about doing something, the elders haven't approved him to do outside speaking. Yeah, like, and that's God. not to be legalist. It's to be, it's to be <laughs> like, hey, number one, you've been going too hard. I don't think this fits. Or, yeah, man, dude, go and do it, right? Go yeah. and do it. Yes, amen. So um, so how does this fit? So like you mentioned the chaplain thing, okay? That's great. It's influence. It's a way. It's What that is, is it's a way for me pastorally to extend into the city. Right. That's what that is. Yeah. Guess how many times I do it a month? Two days a month. Mm. That's how many days I take duty. And then I'm invited to into other things that I can do. And the conversation there is like, mm, do I have time for that? What has to give for me to do that? So I can only say yes to that commitment and that invitation if it fits what I'm already doing. Right. So if it fits your your top priorities, that's what you're saying. Yep. And you get dress blues for being there? Uh it's a uniform. It's it's a little B team ish. <laughs> so yeah. I was the uh the chaplain for the River Bandits here. Yeah. And uh, I was doing the same thing, but then Basically, games got a little early, and it just became too stressful on my Sunday, and mm-hmm. I, I felt like I couldn't stand at the door and shake people's hands, and so I, I gave that uh, chaplaincy to another guy here uh, in our church, but it was the same thing. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is great. I love the influence. I love that they thought about us. I love that they want me there. I love being involved in these players' mm-hmm. lives that could go on to pros and all, everything and sharing the gospel with them on a weekly basis, but my priority is to shepherd the souls of Sacred City Church, and I don't want to be preaching and then just bolting out the door. Right. Right. I want to be there to shepherd. So I said, okay, this is a good thing that I'd really like to do. Yep. My family loved it too. My boys loved going to the or my boy loved going to the baseball game, but I got I got to hand it off, mm-hmm. right? And it was kind of a tough decision, um, but it, it wasn't my one of my top one of my top priorities. So let's say my family is my top priority, or my like church, right? Mm-hmm. God, whatever church, and my family. <coughs> And so I'm all in to both of those. Mm-hmm. We've got four kids that are probably doing a couple extracurricular activities, right? Yep. And we've got missional community. We've got training that's got to happen. We've got a counseling appointments. How many nights a week? Come on, Dusty. Mm-hmm. Give me yeah. the law. Yeah. How many? Tell me, Jesus. Yeah. How, <laughs> yeah. how many nights a week, you know, is healthy? Yeah. And, and I, I, were you saying earlier, like, well... You can go for like a short season, like mm-hmm. six weeks, sure. you can buckle down. But if there's no end in sight, mm-hmm. like warning signs should yep. be going off. Yeah, warning signs should be going off if there's no end in sight. Number one, you should not be preoccupied all the time with what with what is next. You should be able to be present in the moment. Okay, so for me personally, what happens is if I'm going too hard too long, whether that's counseling or extracurricular activities or kids here and there, blah, blah, blah. Even date nights, right? Even date nights can be preoccupied. I could be at a Absolutely. date with my wife thinking about 40 things, mm-hmm. not healthy, yeah, right? Because I'm not showing up. Right. I'm, you're there, but I'm, you're not emotionally I'm, I'm physically there. physically there, but I'm tapped out. Okay, so rule for me is I go hard Sunday through Thursday. Thursday nights, date nights, bad idea. My wife's getting my leftovers. Yeah, right. Okay? Now... Will I do a date night on Thursday night if that's the only time I can land a babysitter, if it's the only time for both of us to make it work, blah, blah, blah. Sure, of course, because doing it is better than not doing it. Cultivating healthy marriage is better than none, right? Mm. Okay, so, but number one, you have to have room for friendship, genuine friendship, okay? You have to have room for community, and those two things can overlap. They should a little bit. But you have to have time for rest, and by rest, I mean biblical rest, I mean, like, no work kind of rest. And no not, Facebook. No, well, yeah, social media. Like, let's not. Because your brain is still on and your desire. You're scrolling through that and you think you're resting, but really you're you're lusting. Really yep. you're like, uh, 
coveting, mm-hmm. right? You're looking at other people's yep. great lives, right? Yep. And so it's not actually soul rest, <coughs> right? No, it's not restful at all. Yeah. So like right now at our house, we have no technology Fridays. I try to protect Fridays, my own day off. It's not always that way. There's always one Friday at least a month. This Friday, I traveled here, right? Yeah. So it's a different Kids are week. Kids going crazy at different home week. with iPads and stuff right it's now. Not, yeah, probably. But it's not. It's a different week, okay? But for the most part, Friday's protected. It's tech-free. Mm. It's it's our family day off, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So what if a guy's working, you know, six to six, mm-hmm. five days a week, six days a week or whatever. Sunday's his day off, like you say. Mm-hmm. And he's staying at home with, you know, he, he I don't want to go to church. Like, that's... Something for me to do. I don't want another thing to do. Yeah. If he's going six to six and it's actually Monday through Saturday and he sees Sunday as his day off, then we got to have a different conversation because A, he should be going probably eight to five Monday through Friday. Saturday should be rest or recreation and he needs a hobby because he's a slave to his work. And then we need to talk about Sunday not being his, but being the Lord's. Mm. It's the Lord's day for a reason. Right. And so recalibrating with the family of God is rest. Yeah. Going to church and worshiping and recalibrating and reigniting and all of those things, reviving right now, right? Yeah. All of that stuff is key every seven days. The mm. Lord set it up that way. Let's right. not let's not fight with the Lord's calendar. Yeah. Um, let's not get into all of those debates. But so, so that's a bunch of good stuff, but you still haven't answered my question. How many <laughs> nights a week? Like let's you know. You can say, hey, you could do yeah. five nights a week for three weeks, but then you better pull back. Or yeah, you, that's you know. not sustainable. So what is sustainable? Um, so I so right now, JC and I are going on dates twice Guys, a month. I'm trying as hard as I can to get him to answer twice this question. Twice a month, okay? We're going on dates twice a month. You might okay. say, oh man, marriage and family, only twice a month? Yeah. Listen, if... Okay, that's that's not what I say because that's what we're doing yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we used so, to do the weekly thing. Yeah, too expensive with babysitters. Too expensive. Ain't got time. Too expensive, and it's not that genuine. Yeah, it's just a habit. Yeah, which is a decent habit, but it's just routine, right? Mm. So twice um, a month date night. Twice a month date night. You want me to lay down some rules? I'll just say, <coughs> um, Jason and I only do ministry together once a week. Okay, so is that, is marriage, that MC or? marriage counseling together? Okay, once a week probably on average sometimes three times a week that's a rare occasion that's like once every couple of months and it's just because it happens that way um you need to have some family time every single week and by family time i mean you show up phones are away you're not preoccupied you're present mm-hmm. um your date night you're present so let me press on that so how many I'm, I'm getting down to it how many nights a week do you think should families be eating together man most like, could, yeah. could we just say most? Right. Could we not say one or two, but yeah. could we say most? And then, oh, sorry, I couldn't be here that night. Yeah. That's, we need to flip that. Right. Um, we need to flip, like, I should be home for dinner most nights. Yeah. Now, my family's figured out, um, the way we've set it up is um, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, I'm guaranteed out of the house, and then one or two more nights a week. Okay? So, but... Other than that, so that means I'm home for dinner Monday night. Tuesday night's gospel community. I'm home for dinner. It's in my house. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night, I'm not there. But I'm home Wednesday morning. Yeah. It's hard not to work Wednesday morning, but I'm home for a few hours. Okay, so you're having breakfast together? Yeah, right. breakfast. Okay. I'm home um, with my kids. They're home. They're homeschooled right now. And then Thursday, I'm home. Friday, that's always a give and take due to ministry. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so, so we should be eating together as a family more nights than we're not. Three to four. Okay. So, well, more nights than we're not. You know why? Everything happens around your dinner table way more than you think. Dude, no, I, I I agree. I mean, culturally, I mean, in every single culture, the people who love each other, people who are shaping one another, they're eating together, Mm -hmm. whether it's a tribe or whatever it is, they're eating, your people eat together. Whoever, and I'll just say, whoever your people are, that's who you're eating with. Mm-hmm. If it's all the if it's the boys at work, right? Mm-hmm. If it's the gals down the street, that's your people. But we want to be eating obviously with our family, with, with yeah. our people. And it's difficult when we've got, you know, crazy schedules. But mm-hmm. again, we've we've got to figure out how, how to make that happen. So um all right, so so we've got date nights a couple nights a week or a couple nights a month. <coughs> uh, we wanna be eating fa- eating with our family more than we're not. Let's just say four nights a week, because that's more than we're not. Shoot for every night if you can. Um, we've got, um, 
So how many nights? You said you're out probably three nights a week, four mm-hmm. nights a week. Yeah, four would be pushing it. Yeah, three is about average. Um, and so is all of that church? Is that all that that ministry mostly, stuff? Or? Yeah, it's mostly ministry. Yeah. And um, so like, what if a guy? So then you get you get Monday you get Monday to be with your family. So you said or Friday, Wednesday, Friday, Friday, and then Wednesday morning. I don't give Monday to my family because I'm pretty chewed up. So yeah, I push through. Yeah. So take me through the scenario. We're 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 busy. We've got we've got practice on Monday night. Can bear dad's working late, mm-hmm. right? We've got MC on Tuesday night. We've got another practice on Wednesday night. Dad's out. Dad has a travel Thursday, Friday, right? He gets in town Saturday. He's just got to catch up. He's catching up from work, right? Sunday morning comes. He drags himself to church. Doesn't really want to go, right? But he just knows it's the thing to do, so he yeah. does it. Uh, Sunday night, there's there's a a, a uh, marriage council. There's a, whatever. There's some kind of teaching class at the church. Sure. Wife wants me to go. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe she doesn't because she hasn't seen him all week, and yeah, she just yeah, yeah, we yeah. want to have a family movie night. Sure. Right. So so how do I know? And and there's not. That's not. I'm not saying this in a in a negative way because that's a real desire. It might even be Sunday night. Neighbor wants to come over. We've invited mm-hmm. the neighbor over for dinner. Yeah. There's something at the church. Yeah. How do I know? This is a question from the from the Facebook. How do I know what to say yes to and what to say no to yeah, if good. they're both good things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> one informs the other. So if my church is telling me to be missional, and my neighbors invite me over. I don't really even need to think about that. Mm. I need to go be with my neighbors because I'm pause. Mission- yeah. Sacred city church. You are getting that permission from your pastor right now. If you have the option, we just did this last, yeah, yeah. Uh, last we had an MC, we had an MC training two weeks ago or two Sunday nights ago or something like that. We had two different couples. They said, Hey, we've gotten invited over both of them. We got invited over to this atheist has been coming to our missional community. We got invited over to his house. Finally, we went there and I was like, Yes, yeah. it was an, and around the staff meeting table, that was an evidence of grace that yeah. one of our pastors shared with the whole group. Saying, yeah, totally. They didn't come to missional totally. community. They went to be with this atheist. Yeah, and that's what we want to see. We want to see people pursuing yep. that. Yep. Right. And in in an attractional church, every the church is going to take more of your time. Right. In a missional church, it's going to say, "Hey, we want you here for these things because we think they're good." But if you have missional opportunity, go and do that. Because this thing is going to actually make you missional anyway. Mm. So if you have that, go and do that. That's actually rare. Not everybody coming to the seminar on mission has the missional opportunity and influence. Right. So go do that. And and so and obviously that would you've got to play that out a little bit because obviously sure. if, if your neighbors want to go golfing every Sunday morning, yeah, you need to stop golfing. It's too expensive. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so so tell us, not for you, but you as a family pastor. For a, a Christian family who is is on the mission of God, what do you think an ideal week would mm. look like? Yeah. Family time, marriage time, um, community time, meaning missional community time, um, and rest. And I got to figure out what my family, what that looks like for my family. Okay. Now there's seasons where those four prongs, five prongs, whatever, um, they're going to feel like a flat tire every now and then. But for the most part, that tire needs to be full all the time to be able to roll down the down the road appropriately. Um, the other thing I would throw in there are hobbies and recreation, right? So like for maybe that's mountain biking. Maybe that's going to the gym. What does that look like? How can I sneak in some hobbies, recreation? Because let's not avoid the fact that that's good for the soul. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So those kind of five prongs. <coughs> that's what I'd say. Mm. So what's interesting is if we are being led by our desire, our idolatry, our American idolatry mm-hmm. of the pursuit of personal peace and affluence, mm-hmm. like the schedule of the Christian who's laying their life down, denying themselves and following Christ, it's going to not be peaceful. No, it's not peaceful in the way that the, world's, the world has changed peace for you. Yeah, because I want to be like, I, I got to catch up with like six shows. Right. There's like six shows on yeah. Netflix that I have to know. No, you don't. I mean, I've got to know them all, right? If I, especially if I'm going to be missional. If I'm going to be missional and really engaged, oh, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> let it go. Yeah, let that go. I agree. You don't have to catch up. If you have to catch up on a show, we have to have a different conversation. And what is a that? Show what is conversation to, is a that? A show is supposed to be entertaining. Yeah. If it's not entertaining, now that show's just demanding your time. Now you're working for the show. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be fun to chill out. Tyler, do we have any? Uh, are there any questions live? A live thing that I haven't <coughs> answered yet. Just reactions. Cool. Well, this is uh, kind of the last thing that I want to talk about. And I want to talk about burnout. Mm. Okay. There's some people that say burnout's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Like suck it up. Sure. Put your big boy pants mm-hmm. on, right? Man up. Uh, woman up, mm-hmm. right? Be a lady boss. Get it done. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's some people that think any amount of discomfort is burnout, right? Immediately when I feel tired, I'm close to burnout. Um, I, we got a lot of college kids at, at Sacred City. I know you guys do at Coram Deo. And we all, we joke sometimes when we invite them into the, the children's ministry to help serve or whatever. And they say like, I'm crazy busy. Like, yeah. I just can't, I'm crazy yeah. busy. I've got like yeah. three classes right now. <coughs> Everybody's you know? busy. Yeah, I got three classes and a whole lot, I'm playing a whole lot of video games. You know, that's usually what it is. But, so I, I see this, let me just set this up for you. I see there's there's two there's a spectrum for burnout. One, there is not burnout. It's just you're learning to carry more weight. Sure. And you're yeah. you're expanding your capacity, mm-hmm. right? Like you thought you could only bench 250, but you could actually bench 275. It's just going to hurt and yeah. you're going to grind it out. And nobody pushed you to get there till today. Right. Yeah. And it's, go- it's going to feel like death a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden when you're done with it, you've got a stronger spine and a stronger back and you can carry more weight and mm-hmm. you can push back evil and you can do more good in the world. And this is a good thing. You're not burning out. You just need to hear the gospel. Like it doesn't all rely on you. Mm-hmm. Like God will strengthen you. Spirits in you, right? There's power and he will, he'll be there in, in, in the suck, right? In the difficultness, sure. he'll be there with you and he'll empower you. And if it fails, it's not all on you, right? You're not going to ruin the world, right? God's sovereign. He's over it all. And when you get gospeled in that situation, you, you can change your perspective and you can say, you know what? This is tough right now. This is a season. This is difficult. I feel like the church is taking from me. I feel like Jesus is taking from me. I feel like all these people need me. But you get this change of perspective where it's like, you know what? This is a gift. Like God's given me this mm-hmm. and and it's a gift like that. I have these people in my life that I get to share the gospel with. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are bored, right? They're spending eight hours a day on Facebook twiddling their thumbs. Well, mm-hmm. you're not that guy. God's putting or that gal. God's putting responsibility on your shoulders. It's a good thing. And you need you really need to just trust the spirit, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Sure. Right. Find your rest in Christ, gospel your heart, listen to the gospel, and you just got to carry more weight. That, that's mm-hmm. the reality. Now, that, that's kind of like God's going to, God's expanding your capacity. Yeah. But then there's this other side, and people think this is burnout, right? Like, I'm really tired and I'm burning out. No, you're not burning out, right? You got a whole lot more juice. You got a whole lot more. The mm-hmm. Spirit's going to empower you. But then there's this other side of the spectrum, which is real burnout. Mm-hmm. And as a pastor, You've seen this, right? And you've you probably you probably experienced yeah. it. Your wife is sick. I know she had a really tough pregnancy, and you mm-hmm. had to take a sabbatical for a while. Mm-hmm. Was that was that baby number six? Yeah, five. Yeah, baby number five. And so there's real burnout where your soul is under too much pressure. Mm-hmm. You're you're too committed. You got too much stuff going on. There's no the, the rhythms that you talked about: rest, family, hobby. Those are squeezed out completely, mm-hmm. and you're all drive. You're all adrenaline. Mm-hmm. You're all go, and this. Right, like uh, everybody in the health industry tells you, this is why you have a gut problem. Yep. This is why you're yep. one of the reasons you're overweight. This is why you're. You, I've got people in my church that have hit adrenal failure. Yep. Right, had to take a whole year off their life because of it, or off off of yeah, off of work and everything else. Sure, um, all kind of health related issues are related from stress and and being yep. burned out. Right, um, so how do I? And for this, you you have basically if if you got real burnout, I mean, there's no other option than to rest and to recuperate and mm-hmm. to believe the gospel and, and to recalibrate and come back in with with new rhythms. Yep. Right? That's a whole lot of R words. Yeah. And it was I'm good, not even a Baptist. It's good. Um so <coughs> how how does a person diagnose themselves? Yeah. That's do tough. I, do I just need to suck it up and believe the gospel? Or 
am I out of control mm-hmm. and I'm headed for failure? I'm yeah. headed for real burnout. Okay, that's a good question. I think both of those two options come from other trusted sources telling me. So in other words, it's hard to self-diagnose burnout. So meaning I um, I need people that I trust and that have influence in me telling me. <coughs> and I'm going to push pause on you. Yeah, yeah. I want to say one, one thing too. If you're burning out, the answer isn't just believe the gospel. No. I mean, Jesus was at risk of burnout, right? Like that's sure. why he retreated. He left yeah. people. And, and, yeah. and so the, the idea that if, you know, it, cause I, I struggle with this a little bit. Like yeah. if I just believe the gospel, I wouldn't be tired. I wouldn't be exhausted. I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be melancholy. Yeah, I wouldn't be depressed. Yeah. You know, it's just not true. Like you can be an excellent leader and still be pushing burnout yeah. and still need to pull back. Yeah. And you still push back. My favorite verse about burnout is Luke five sixteen. Prior to that, Jesus is cranking out ministry. The disciples can't find him. It's because he's up on a hill with the Lord. Yeah. After that, ministry. Right. Right. So he realizes I got to go slower. Mm. I got to I got to have margin. I got to figure out rest. But really, it's not just rest. It's communion. Yeah, I got to fill the it tank. Comes, this comes from a deep communion with the Father. Okay, that's different than I got. There's more demanded of me. <coughs> Ministry needs to come from my communion with the Lord at all times. And, and so I think what's interesting for me, so this is for me, okay? You're, you're asking me, so I'll give you a personal example. I have to have people that I'm asking, hey, this is what's going on right now. Do you think I can handle this? And then I need to wait and listen for the answer. Because if the answer is like, hey, thanks for asking. We've actually been thinking no. Okay, that number one, that means I have friendship, which a lot of dudes don't even yeah, have. Yeah, real we friendship. we just talk about friendship? Not time? just like yes men. Like I'm talking like dudes saying, hey, when are you going to slow down? When are you going to rest? When are you, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like coming at me. That's friendship. Wounds from a friend, right? So that's mm-hmm. saying, hey, actually, no, you don't have capacity for this. Do this instead. Do this instead. So, um, or I need those same people to say, actually, yeah, you're doing great. You're built for more, actually. That's why you're under this pressure yeah. to your other option, right? Yeah. But that's coming through trusted friendship, which means I've worked to establish that. And I've been declarative in those friendships to say you have permission and my wife Mm. has given you permission to say here's where the buck stops. And those are trusted things. So burnout for me has to come from third-party influence because I'm not going to self-diagnose it very well. I don't have a fuel gauge. I have a light. Okay? Yeah. (laughs) So the light just comes on. And I'm like, oh, need some gas. Okay, I got 20 miles. That's interesting. Um, my personality, so I'm a high eight, like crazy eight. And I, I think I'm a one three in the Enneagram with that. And and my counselors told me, I, I was telling him like, I'm feeling a little down. You know, he's like, oh, melancholy. He's like, okay, that's that's your breakers going off right now. Your breakers are going off telling you to slow down. And I go, I don't know. I think it might just be a spiritual, you know, spiritual attack. I'm talking about revival right now. <laughs> And he goes, oh, yeah, that's your one. That's your one right there. Like you want to take ownership of everything and you're never good enough and you always are pushing and driving yourself to do more. And so it's not that you're tired. It's that you're under spiritual attack. Well, the only time you're or the greatest threat when you're under spiritual attack is when you're tired. (laughs) He's Mm -hmm. like, you need to take a break. Right. And I'm like, no, I need to pray more. I need to fast. You know, he's like, no, no, no. If you were just more spiritual, you'd be better and this wouldn't be happening. Right. Like take a walk in the woods. Mm -hmm. That's what he's that's what he's telling me, you know. Like, when's the last time you had unhurried conversation? Right? That's restful. Yeah. Those are rare. Like, I bet right now, if we thought about it, we'd be like, uh, mm, uh, I don't remember. Right? But that's recreational friendship conversation that's restful. Yeah. We have to make space for that. So, okay, if I'm feeling like I'm burning out, I, I need to talk to somebody who I can trust, who's going to tell me, who knows the <coughs> gospel, right? Got some or, wisdom. Or maybe even better, like, who has permission to tell you that you are? Because if you've set your life up in such a way that nobody can touch it, yeah. you have issues. So that's the issue. That's the problem is so many people say, I'm burning out. But you, all their friends are scared to death to say, well, but your kid's practicing mm-hmm. five nights a week. Like maybe that's not, maybe you shouldn't be doing that, mm-hmm. right? Or they're, they're afraid to poke the idol, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. like idol block a person. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Idol block. Idol block. It's like, 
or they're worshiping their kids, right? And so I have to have five nights a week at home watching the movie with our yeah, kids, no. you know? And and we want to love them and care for them, but we're afraid to step in front of that idol. And I think, you know, the reality is you might need a break from your kids, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. might need a break from, and that's an idol that you, yeah. you're worshiping. Totally. And, and so, and you might need to go to missional community and let somebody speak into that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So anything else? What are some, so trusted friends, any other advice on diagnosing am i burning out or am i just there's some um so yeah one of a couple other things would be there have to be some legitimate retreats in your life so i'm talking annually like jc and i it's super hard for us to get away when it comes to like who wants to take care of six children but i'm saying every single year we set aside a handful of days to get out of town and that's just a rhythm that we have and it's it's kind of assessment a little bit of like hey how are we doing like unhurried conversation but it's not really goal-oriented trip. It's just like, hey, we're going to cultivate this. And it, we think it's for our marriage. It's also for our kids to realize that they can too live without us because we're doing so much life together and with the church and blah, blah, blah. This is a way for us to show our kids we're actually going to go invest in our marriage, but also you'll be fine without us, mm. right? Um, other things uh, include like, just like I, I keep my, I keep pounding on friendship, but I mean like you have to spend time with genuine friendships that you're going to have that are lasting and lifelong so that people can influence you. You have to cult, you have to invest in that to make mm-hmm. that happen. So things like that have to be rhythmic in your life. Yeah. <coughs> uh, good. So one you- other quick thing I would say is mm-hmm. you don't want balance and you don't necessarily want to manage your schedule. What you want is longevity and faithfulness. So if we started to think about the Christian life through a lens of, What's it going to look like for me to worship Christ, not right now and not tomorrow and next week and next year? And what does that look like with my vocation? But what's it look like for me at 70, 80, at best 80, yeah. <laughs> right? Psalm 90, to slide into home base um, saying, man, like I've been faithful to the end. Yeah, that's one of the things I think Bob might have challenged me on when we first planted the church and something I've been praying through is I don't want to just plant a church for these people that are here, I want to plant a church for their kids, right? Mm-hmm. I want their kids yeah. to grow up and say, I loved my church and my parents were really involved and I loved it and they loved it and, and my parents are better because of it and I'm better because of it, right? Yeah. Um, so last, last, I think last question before we wrap things up, um, and it's a, I'm going back to how do I say no to things? Mm-hmm. And by this, I mean, busy week, somebody from NC calls and says, Hey, can you meet with me tonight? And this is something I struggle with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We all do. Yeah. Like, can I, can you meet with me tonight? Yeah. What's, what's a good grid to filter that, that question through? Mm -hmm. Because honestly, yeah, I could always make myself do it. Right. Yeah. But how do I know if I should? One grid is there's a lot of people that love to be needed. Right. So the fact that you're calling me, I will drop whatever it is right now to help you. Partly because I identify more with your issues than my own. Mm. And so like, and we all, and me people, helping you yeah, moves me out of me yeah, and it yeah. makes, it moves me away from my own life to your life. And that's easier for me. Yeah. Dr. Jordan Peterson right? talks about that a yeah. lot. Like it, it, it feeds our pride a little bit. Too. The other thing you have to do there is you, you literally have to not say no, or you have to not say yes in the moment. So like one of the rules I have for myself is, okay, let me get back to you. And if I can just hang up, I learned this from a mentor a long time ago, if I could just hang up the phone right now. Um, and even if I call you back in 30 seconds or three minutes to mm. say yes, you get some clarity or something. Yeah. I get clarity. I get discernment. I get some wisdom in those moments to either decide, yeah, this is from the Lord and this actually needs to happen right now. Um, a lot of it has to do with how I've grown up too, right? Like, is this always reactive? Am I always reacting to my life or am I able to tell my time where to go and say, actually, um, <laughs> I think you'll be fine till tomorrow. Yeah. Let's meet next week. Let's meet in two weeks. Right. Um, and because some people, when they need to meet with you right now, they've actually built their identity in being needy. Okay, well, we got to stop that. That's not helpful to them. So, um, anyway, and so many of those things. If you so do wait till tomorrow, something changes and they feel better, and they it, it kind of it might not get fixed, but it's not yeah. as acute of a problem as yeah. you thought it was. Yeah, and there are crises that we need to say yes to yeah. in the moment, but they're way more rare than you think. Yeah. So the, the missional question might be yes pretty often. Like, yeah, let's say yes to the yeah. missional thing. But the 
the counseling and the care, especially if it's a long-term relationship that you've mm-hmm. got, you've built up, mm-hmm. but you've got some relational capital. You say, no, bro, I can't do it mm-hmm. tonight. Let's do it Sunday afternoon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you push it, you, you push it down the field mm-hmm. a little bit, especially if you're in one of those tight weeks where mm-hmm. you've yep. got multiple things and you know that yep. you're already going to be stressed out. Which is also a good point to your other questions earlier about schedule. Do I even have, do I have time for reactive ministry? Do I have time for reactive friendship? Do I have, do I have time for that stuff or do I always have to kick it down the field? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. Well, I think, I, Dusty, I, I appreciate appreciate you, man. I thank you for coming in. I know you're speaking tomorrow at, at Porterbrook Quad Cities. So. Yeah, fun to be here, man. We're stoked Love for that. It. Got to have Love a good burger tonight. Love what you guys are doing here. It's great. We're, we're glad, we're glad that you're here, man. So that's all I've got today. I think we're going to end it with that. So, guys, thank you for watching or listening to the Sacred City Life podcast. Um, I want to shout out to Austin Charles Vallejo for our intro music. I want mm. to, I want to thank Tyler for producing the show tonight. Tyler Sellers, thank you for that. And guys, I hope you are blessed. And write us, send, like us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook so you get notified right away. the The podcast is going to be coming out in iTunes as soon as we can get it up there. And uh, share it with a friend if you liked it. Share it with a friend. So. Send us your questions on Facebook. We'll try to answer them in the next podcast that'll be coming up next week sometime. So God bless and go live for the mission of God. Later.